Welcome to Carney Pie. My name's John Brandt. Tony Purvis. Tony. Tony Tony. You know, I know we're outside of time. It feels right. We're outside of time. It still feels right. Are you okay being outside of time? I am today. Good. I'm glad you're okay being outside of time. You know, speaking of time, it might have been a long time since we've done this. Maybe a little too long? Maybe a little too long. I blame you, though. It is my fault. Okay. Well, okay. See, we celebrated holidays. Yep. And and then we had the New Year's. And then we had the flu month where everybody had the flu and didn't want to do anything and And were sick from school. And now we're in the snow month. We're in the snow month. In the third winter, I believe. This is this is third winter for the... Uh, so we should hit mud season, then spring. Oh, no. There's fall spring. Oh, dang. You got to have fall spring, and then you have winter winter. Or no, fall spring, and then second winter, and then real spring. I think it's the way it works. I think we're in third winter. I'm going to go... I, third winter? It's This is getting ridiculous. It's, you know, uh, as far as outside of time is concerned, all winters are ridiculous. Let's do that. <laughs> Except, this is the thing. If you don't have winter, you don't appreciate spring. And if we don't have winter, I don't think we get the two guests in here as easily as we do. Oh, what a segue. Thank you so much. We have a, we have a, good, uh, a good guest list for us today. We have two people uh, who, you know, make Carney work and uh, somebody... Who's works for Carney Works and uh, Stan? I don't know how to pronounce your last name. How do you pronounce your last name? Zimbelman. Zimbelman. Stan Zimbelman is with it us. Is Zimbelman. It is pretty obvious. I should have caught up on that. <laughs> You're right. absolutely right. I've been I, called lots, lots of things. Lots of things. Yeah. But it's exactly how it sounds. Uh-huh. Exactly. So I shouldn't try and overthink it. Nope. All right. Well, Stan, welcome. Um, we'll learn about what you do later on. Um, we also have a second guest to your left, and and to your left is whom? Uh, my name is Martin Obelman. Martin Obelman. And uh, Martin, um, who is to your left? Oh, we got Tony Purvis. Hey! I, did, I didn't know if you'd know it. I'm not going to lie. No. We didn't prep very well. Oh, no, no. We always do that. It always it does, works. And I always get super nervous that they're going to just mess that up <laughs> and just, I'm going to, my ego is going to get crushed. It's out. No. It never happens. I got I you, man. <laughs> I got you. How could one crush your ego, Tony it's, Purvis? It's not possible. It is, it is impervitable. <laughs> um, okay. So here we are. Um, I, I have a very serious question for you guys, and, and this is something that I want to know uh, about. So you are stuck in a, uh, let's say, a blizzard. It doesn't take much imagination no, to do this, but you, yeah. you can figure that out. So you close your mind, and you're stuck in a blizzard, and all you have is a flat-screen TV that's 80 inches in diagonal. So you have a flat-screen TV, and you have a DVD player. And you have a nice surround sound system. And unfortunately, you're stuck there for, I'm going to say, at least two weeks. You are up in the mountains somewhere, and you're stuck there for two weeks. And because of the rules of this question, you're only allowed to bring one DVD with you. Not a VHS. Not a Laserdisc. And it could be something that's reissued. Uh, on, on DVD. I will allow older movies. I will permit that in this universe. But otherwise, you have one DVD that you can... It's the only entertainment for two weeks. There are no video games. There is no phone. Oh, yeah. There is no internet. There is this DVD that you can watch for two weeks. Stan, what DVD do you bring? The 
first one that comes to mind is Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. <laughs> nice. That was not the first one that came to my mind. So I just <laughs> well, uh, let's go to the second one on Tony's mind. Um, so the Young Frankenstein that uh, starred Gene Wilder. Yes. And it was written by Mel Brooks. Right. And it was hilarious. It was. And it was uh, timely. Oh, is it is it time for Carney Pie Confessions? Go ahead. I've never seen the whole thing. I've never seen it, just like we talked about every other movie ever brought know. up on this podcast. I've never seen it. I don't it. think I've really? seen it. I, you've never really? seen it. No, is, is that bad? It's, is it a classic? It's it is a, a classic. It is oh, absolutely a classic. classic. When did it come out? Like, how long oh, ago gosh. are we talking? I don't know. I would say late 60s, early 70s. Okay. Probably. Is that okay. fair? And and uh, late 60s, early 70s, Mel Brooks classic. It is... It is the parts that I have seen are timeless. Mm-hmm. Like it's just to send so many up many subtle things in there, yeah. and it's 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 hilarious. And um, I think we should all watch it. It's kind of a Blazing Saddles because of Mel Brooks, okay. kind of just spoof on an earlier genre. You also haven't seen that, have you, Tony? Oh, okay, well, <laughs> that's fine. Um, so it's kind of a spoof on some earlier stuff, but it's it's remarkably good. What did you enjoy about that movie? Oh, I don't know. It's it's just one thing after another. They get different scenarios and different things going on, and you see the the different characters developing. It's it's just entertaining because, and I think if you go back and watch it again, you're going to see something different. You'll see a scene or some dialogue that oh, I didn't know they said that that or or the meaning, the double meanings on things. So, so you could watch it for two weeks and be and catch well, different things. Oh no, yes. I'm going to force you. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to sit there. I'm going to keep your eyelids open. And make you watch uh, Young Frankenstein. Well, now we're going to get snowed in here today, so yep. I did bring Young Frankenstein with us. So uh, well, we'll that's have good, to. Because <laughs> Tony, Tony hasn't seen it yet. Well, we usually pause to have him watch it, but we won't do that today. And, and then Martin, um, what do you 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 bring a movie? Yeah. And I'm trying to think because um, am I giving away? You seem younger than than I am, and so you know what a DVD is, right? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Diva D. Diva da. Pala. So okay. So Diva da. Yeah. Uh, you what 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 Diva da do you bring in? When when it starts snowing like this, I get in kind of like a Christmas mood. I think I was even singing like a Christmas tune in my head earlier. So I go back to my Christmas movie list, and every year we watch Dumb and Dumber. I think I'd bring Dumb and Dumber. Which with me. again, every time you watch it, you catch something new. I yeah. have seen Dumb and Dumber. It is the greatest Christmas movie probably of all time. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. I mean. Just good message. It's great. Great movie. <laughs> you know, follow your dreams. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. Go uh, after it. Stan, have you seen Dumb and Dumber? No, I haven't. See? Now you <laughs> really? get one on okay. your list. Yep. You both chose comedies. Why do mm. you think that is? You don't want to... Well, the drama, you probably know how it's going to end, right? Yeah. And yeah, if be. you're sitting there by yourself, you're going to want to laugh. Or at least... Yeah, but if you brought yourself. a horror movie, you wouldn't have thought you were by yourself. How could you bring a horror I'm movie? I'm just saying, like, then you wouldn't have thought you were by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that would be freaky. <laughs> okay, so you bring uh, these... Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yep. What do you like about Dumb and Dumber? Uh, actually, I learned that they shot a lot of that movie in Estes Park. And we used to take uh, family vacations up to Estes Park. Beautiful so they, country. Yeah, when they pull up in the Lamborghini and all the presents fall out. Um, that's on the front steps of the Stanley Hotel. And um, the bar scene, when he's like, we're, we went to the moon, are we going to the moon? <laughs> that was in the bar in the, in the Stanley Hotel. So I kind of like that, that I've actually been to one of those spots. So you identify with it because you've yep. seen it before. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you mentioned it was a kind of Christmas well you tradition you watch it for yeah Christmas? that like Christmas vacation okay um the Grinch yeah we go through our list of Christmas movies every year and some families do that I, I mine doesn't but um elf it's, it's an interesting yeah how does elf get <laughs> added to the list at what point do we go okay we'll add that 
That's of sufficient quality that mm-hmm. we will add that to the list. What? How does that work? I, I don't know. I think you just watch it and you know. You just watch it and you know yeah, and you, you go, that's on the list yeah. now. <laughs> There's no criteria other than it's just a good good movie to watch. Tony, I want to know your answer just because I'm curious. Well, Shawshank's like the most rewatchable mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, it really so, is. So, I mean, like Shawshank could be up there, but I'm going to, again, this is one I've never seen. Can I take a trilogy? Yeah, you can take a trilogy. I've never seen um, The Godfather any of them i Ooh. haven't either and so really? stan's so, upset with you and so yeah, if, and i and i want to see it really bad i just yeah. don't have 12 hours to carve out mm-hmm. to watch them and i figure if i'm snowed in for two weeks i can do the trilogy i'm doing that okay or, so, okay or is planet earth all on one dvd oh yeah uh, no planet if earth if it was all on, on one dvd, DVD i would go to planet are. earth on one, i mean why planet yeah. earth oh i can watch that all day yeah. that's awesome you, you don't like that well it's not very entertaining, right? Yeah, I mean, but, it's it but it's super long, though. And again, I'm trying to take up two weeks. I wasn't going for quality. I'm going for quantity. Okay, so your okay, job, you, it's, it's interesting. You want to take up the time, right? Yeah, yeah, you want to expand you the time. You don't want to be inside this mind for very long. So I need to distract. They're trying to actually gain something or enjoy. I'm trying to distract. There's a big difference there. Because of the way your mind works. Yeah, it's not good in there. <laughs> There's... Sometimes you lie to me, but now I feel like you're telling me the truth. <laughs> I really do. So I want to know, Stan. Yes. Zimbelman. Right. Uh, Stan Zimbelman. Uh, where did you grow up, Stan? That is a hard question because I grew up in a variety of places. Where do I, you consider home, uh, where you grew up? This is home. This meaning? Carney. Okay. Carney is home. Um, I was born here. When I was five years old, my family moved to Wisconsin. Whereabouts in Wisconsin? Well, that's part of it, too. Oh. <laughs> my, my dad was an individual that after a year, a year and a half at a job, he would move to another job. So we moved several times, mm. ended up in Milwaukee. When my parents split up, um, I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. And because this was home, my mom moved back home. So then I finished high school and college here, um, but this has always been home. After I got married, um, I worked for a... Uh, well, let's back up a little okay. bit. So you're in Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. then your mom was from here. Yes. Okay. So she was she born here? Did she grow up here? Yes. Okay. So she uh, was born and grew up here, and then we went around in Wisconsin for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then because of life circumstances, you guys came back here right. to Kearney. And you come back to Kearney, you're a freshman in high school coming back to Kearney. Was that a right. good experience? It was different because I was came out of Milwaukee, which was a huge school. Yeah. And Kearney seemed small. And going from a city and the city regulations, uh, I, I always thought it was funny because in the Milwaukee school, you couldn't wear blue jeans, dress pants, white shirt. There was regulations on the hair. I come here. Everybody's wearing blue jeans. You know, what's the deal? You can't wear blue jeans. We got to back up. I, okay, let's I, back up. Why can't you wear blue jeans? Like, that was what the school were, what, You had to wear what? You had to wear dress pants, you said? Yes. Oh, so you had a uniform, but not it a really specific uniform. It really wasn't a uniform. Right. Okay. It wasn't, a, you know, but it was a public school. It wasn't a uniform. I've never heard that. Yes. But in that time, you know, that was, well, it was, and it was a city, and it was city rules. Let, let me... Try and imagine what the the city, uh, the school board might have thought. Um, 
these are our tax dollars. Dress well. Our tax dollars are here to educate you. Mm -hmm. Um, We are giving you a free service that a lot of people in this world do not receive. And uh, you're going to be respectful of your teachers and you're going to dress that you're going to dress the part of a good student um, and you're going to wear slacks and a button up and you're going to look good and you're not going to wear any of those blue jeans because that's not what we're uh, we're building this huge building to make you wear. Is that yeah, fair? That's yeah. I don't know. Sure. I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah. So freshman, you come back here. Are you accepted uh-huh. into the Kearney community as a freshman in high school? Because I imagine it's a transition. Well, the first... It was junior high at that time because oh, the okay. ninth grade was in junior high. Okay. So I only had half a year in that. But I, I, I got I to gotta get a date out of you. What kind sure. of, what time frame are we looking 62? at here? 62. 62. Okay. So uh, interesting time in American history. Yep. And you travel across the country back to Kearney, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and you start in middle school as a ninth grader. Ninth grade. And then you transition into high school. High school. school. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how was that? It was great. Uh, I had a good time in high school. I enjoyed it. Okay. What did you? What extracurriculars did you do, if any? Oh, I got involved in some plays, um, band, mostly. I didn't do any sports. Well, I tried tennis. But, uh, <laughs> was tennis was, big back yeah, then? Tennis was really, <laughs> tennis yeah. was tennis was, was a huge yeah. sport until about the probably 80s or probably about mid 90s in Carney. Tennis was huge. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was a very big, I've learned the history of the tennis was big and it always amazes me here. I know some big tennis names in this in this community, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I didn't know it was a big thing, I guess. So. Now it's pickleball. You guys it can is hear pickleball. More about pickleball. Yeah. I, uh, I'll be honest. I loved pickleball in PE. Me too. Like that was like the highlight. We had tournaments. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal. It was second only to the ping pong uh, (laughs) tournaments because I could do that and it didn't require a lot of athleticism. (laughs) So I was able to do ping pong and pickleball uh, with, uh, you know, regularity and and strength. So in high school, we're doing that kind of stuff. Did Mm -hmm. you graduate Kearney High? Yes. Okay. And then what did you do after Kearney High? Kearney State College. Kearney State College. And so you went down the street? Yes. You stayed living with your mom? Yes. And you stayed living with your mom, and you were able to go to uh, Kearney State College, and what did you major in? Physics and math. So what was your plan? What was your goal? My goal? I wanted to get into broadcasting. Did, I, with yeah. a math degree and a physics degree? The physics degree, I was thinking more of the engineering part of it. Okay. And and along the way, I did take you know some broadcasting classes, that type of thing. So you're right at home, right in this room. Well, this feels good. I've done it for years, <laughs> but it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. Okay, so physics and math. Uh-huh. And um, in in that time, uh, let me guess, late sixties. Very late. Yes. Very late sixties. Okay. Because um, once I got out of college, I won the draft lottery. Oh, you did. Okay. Nice. Um, yep. So you were there for. Um, a four-year at Kearney State? Is that four how and that, a half. Four and a half years, okay. Yeah. And then you, um, did you graduate with the physics and the math? No. Okay. No, I did not graduate. Okay, well. Um, and, and so you were there for four and a half years, uh-huh. and then what did you do? Uh, Uncle Sam. Like oh. I said, I won the draft lottery. You graduated it, to Uncle Sam's In service. those days, they did not have a volunteer army. They had to draft so. Uh, soldiers and they had a tv show and they would pull out a number from one to 366 they had a tv show oh yeah yeah we get it let's keep going on this yes yes you draw out a number and then they drew out um a day of the of the year and so they had like they pull out 51 and they'd pull out march 18th and that was your draft number then you were number 51 
And the draft boards, each community or area had a draft board, and the draft boards would start with the number ones, and then number twos, and number threes. So if you had number 366, good chance you weren't going to get drafted because by the time the year was over, they hadn't, mm. you know, hadn't drafted that. They wouldn't start over again, and you would be... Well, they might, but the, the draft, like, this area probably only had 100 a year. Right. Well, if you were had number two hundred, you were you wouldn't have to worry about it. Do you know how foreign that is to me? I mean, did oh, you gr- yeah. did you grow up with that? No, they just started draft about, thing? The, about the year two. They only did like two or three years. Okay, but I was one of the lucky ones. I had number thirty one. I lasted till February and I got drafted. February, so January they got from okay. So, well, if nobody has that number, you know, right? If 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 the if the number, like the number 30, happened to be September 5th, and there was no September 5th in the community, then they'd go to 31. Oh. Oh, it's, so it's like birthday. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it was a birthday. I, I, mi- I was sorry. missing that I'm part. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it was your birthday. You had oh, to go okay. by your birthday. Wow. That's... You had to be super anxious, I bet. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Everybody so that was like the, the worst TV show to watch. Everybody <laughs> in the world watched it because you didn't know you you or your kid was going to get drafted. Oh, my God. I knew a kid who was number one. <laughs> he was white the next day. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, wow. so you get drafted. Yep. And uh, where did you do basic and all that jazz? Uh, basic was at uh, Fort Lewis, Washington. And if you can speak to it, what did you uh, do in, in your branch of military service? Um, well, after basic... I went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and I was trained in a, as an artillery, I don't know, helper with the artillery. Yeah. You're, you're trained on to run, to shoot okay. artillery. Okay, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. How many uh, years were you in the service? Just two. Two well, years. Well, and it didn't serve a full two years because I got sent to Vietnam. Right. And if you came back from Vietnam with less than six months in your enlistment, they would not reassign you. They'd let you go let home. Let you go home. Because you ended up, when you come back, you have already a 30-day leave. And they figure by the time they get you moved somewhere and reassigned, you'd only be there a month or two. And time you got trained and then, yeah. you know. Not doc- used, none of yeah. use to them. No. Yeah. So they let you, let you get out. Okay. So you get an early out. But you, were on, you were subject to recall, but nobody ever got recalled. Where'd you go when you got out? Here. Here to Kearney. Back to Kearney. Back to Kearney. Yeah. Um, why, what brought you back to Kearney? You had, you had seen the world. Yep. Um, maybe not the best parts of the world, but you've seen the world. And you can go anywhere in the world, and you are experienced with travel at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what brought you back to Kearney? It was home. Yeah. You know, it was family. You, family, um, that probably is it. I mean, the draw of the family and the community. What did you do when you got here? I worked for a retailer called W.T. Grants. They are... They were downtown um, where the Bruce Furniture is now. Okay. And what did they do? They were similar to a Kmart or a Penny's. Okay. Uh, uh, general mm-hmm. retailer. They sold anything from furniture to clothing to hardware to pets and whatever. So that's like a block away from um, Kaufman. Is Kauf- right. Was Kaufman similar then? Yes. Okay. That was major competition. Major, major competition within yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. And how many years did you work there? Well, I worked for them while I was going to college. So oh, that so was, you just came back, came same back, job. same yeah, job. Same, same so I job. ended up with them for about seven or eight years. They want they had a management program they wanted me to go into, and I went into it. Uh, part of that was they relocated me to Davenport, Iowa. Mm. 
And I, I made a decision, a career decision, when I had to work on Thanksgiving Day. Hmm. The store was open. The store closed two days a year, Easter and Christmas. Yeah. And I was going, you know, someday I'm going to have a family. Someday we're going to. I'm not going to be want to be working on all these holidays. Right. And so I made the decision again to move back home. And but I had to go. So you were in Davenport? Yes. Okay. I've been to Davenport. Yeah. Lovely city. Yes, it is uh, very nice. Quad place. cities. And and so you moved from Davenport and you said uh, you had to work on Thanksgiving there as the manager. Yeah. And you're like, you know, there's more to life than yeah. this. Well, plus I had a girl back here. Okay. Well, that. It's always and, the girl. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's that, always the girl. <laughs> I think all our stories, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, at least one does. turn that we took, uh, probably involves a, a sure, lady. Sure. And, and so there was a lady here, and you moved back to Kearney? Right, and we ended up getting married. Okay. Um, so you got married to this uh, lady that drove that uh, drug you back? Well, drug me uh, back. No, I don't use, it, drug just you. use it. Use uh, it. I didn't, I didn't mean <laughs> drug you. Uh, okay. Nowhere else in this your wife. Compelled with a force of magnetism <laughs> and love. How's that? Um, from Davenport, Iowa, all the way back to yep. Kearney, Nebraska, and you got married. And uh, what did you do when you got back here the second time? Well, then I went to work for a finance company. Now, had you... Had you done any of that, or just from no, your management just training? From management, you knew because finance. it was a management type of position, okay. or would be. It was a training for management. Um, they again like to move people. Uh, they moved us from here to Lincoln, and from Lincoln to Grand Island, from Grand Island to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we stayed in Sioux Falls. Oh maybe eight years, 10 years. I changed jobs after a while up there. Um, worked for a local retailer up there. And we reached a point where, the, again, the, the pull of home, of family, plus Sioux Falls was bigger than what we were comfortable with. Um, it is kind of the Omaha of South Dakota. It's yeah. the biggest city. and. There is some crime issues, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I, I, do I want my wife going to the grocery store or something after dark? She yeah. falls. I'm not comfortable with that. And we had a couple kids, you know, at that point, so we made a decision to come back here. School age. By the time you moved back, right? Here? Yeah, they were in school. So they're in school in Sioux Falls, and you're like, um, let's just let's just before this gets too serious, right? Before we get any farther along. Yeah. And now uh, you moved around a lot. When you were around their age, right? Um, were you concerned at all about their move back to Carney, or did you were you so sure that Carney is a good place that it didn't even bother you? I think that well, we purposely didn't like to move very much. Sure. And when we were in Sioux Falls, the kids never moved from one place to another. We we were in one place, one place. We were in Sioux Falls, so this was their first move to move it back. Were they excited? A little apprehensive, I think, but yeah. but. What we ended up, while you're up there, if, if your family is back here, all your holidays, all your breaks, you feel obligated to come back for family. Yeah. All your family traditions. Your wife's family was from this was area as well. Too. Okay, right. and then your family was here as right. well. Your, your right. mom was here, and then so, so you all came back here. Yeah. So you're driving back here at least 12 times probably a year, at Something least. Something like that, yeah. 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 So why don't you just live there? Exactly. Okay. So you moved from uh, Sioux Falls down here. Right. And what did you do when you got back here for the fourth time? I don't know. Oh, I lost count. <laughs> <I lost it. laughs> fourth time, let's say. Because, yeah, it, um, 
Well, I, I had a couple of sales jobs that didn't work very well, and, but I, then I got on to the Nebraska Department of Labor. The downside was the office was in Grand Island. We had a home here. We didn't want to move. Yeah. So we commuted. You uh, drove Highway 30 to work right. five times a day? Right. Or five times a week? Right. Terrible, well, 10 times a, a week. Ten. Mm-hmm. It is terrible. Road. Terrible road. Oh, I mean, well. No, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it's busy. Mm-hmm. And uh, in harvest season, yeah. um, you can get stuck there. Uh, trucks seem to sit there and wait to turn to the Minden exit forever. Um, and you can get stuck there as well. Um, but anyway, so you drove to Grand Island. Right. And uh, you did that for how many years? I'm going to say probably about two. And then I was promoted to manager in Norfolk. Okay. So then we moved. We had to move then, of course. But, sure. Uh, we moved up to Norfolk. And this is when the kids, um, one was in high school, one was in middle school. And we were there, I'd say about five years. Five years? Yeah. Um, so your eldest would have graduated then from Norfolk. Right. Okay. They both graduated from Norfolk. I lived in Norfolk for a year and a half. Uh-huh. Nice little community. It is. It was a nice community. And it, there's a real sense of uh, everybody's, because you're kind of isolated mm-hmm. in Norfolk. And yes. so you kind of, it's it's at least an hour to anything, right. um, really. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of small communities around Norfolk that kind of form a little ring. And they all have their own different vibe uh-huh. each, each, each of those communities around Norfolk. Uh, but it's an hour away from anything, so you're kind of isolated. And then you came, you were up in Norfolk as a branch manager. Is that right? Manager for the Department of Labor. Manager for the Department mm-hmm. of Labor. Yeah. Okay, so It the, was called job service at that time. Okay. And then you came back to Kearney for well, the fifth time. Transferred back. Transferred back to Kearney. Right. Okay. So the state moved us back. And I managed the Kearney Workforce Development Office, job service office, for 10 years and until they closed the office. Okay, and when did they close the office? In 2008. Oh, 2008, mm-hmm. okay. Obama won the presidency on a Tuesday and they closed my office on Thursday. So. Okay, and without <laughs> getting political, the president closed. <laughs> Let's just say. Uh, the president, you know, through some kind of negotiation or other thing, uh, d- d- thought it was in the best interest but of the country to close your office. That's how I remember the day. <laughs> I'm and, sure that's how and, you remember uh, it. It certainly wasn't uh, his doing. It no, was, sure. It was... Uh, you know, decision made in Lincoln, which is they usually well, we're not make. Do well, no, we're not, and that's usually <laughs> you know how they uh, make those decisions. So that decision was made, and it happened in two thousand eight. And what happens in two thousand eight? Oh, two thousand eight. Um, I was out of work for about six months. Sure, finding you know different things. Trying yeah. to find. I was able to get back on with the Department of Labor in a different capacity, and I worked eight years again in the Grand Island office. But this position was with contractor registration, which is a whole other issue. Yeah. But, um, and then I retired out of that in uh, 2016. Okay. So you retired out of that in 2016. Are you mm-hmm. retired, retired, or just retired out of that? I retired for two days. Okay. Um, <laughs> how were those two days? <laughs> <laughs> really fast because I knew I had... Uh, Carney Works. While I was in that, in that last year, I heard about Carney Works and what they were trying to do. And what is Carney Works? Carney Works is the Department of Labor closed the Department of Labor office here, which mm-hmm. was an employment agency to help people get jobs. Help people get jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Carney Works. How how does one help somebody get a job? In your, uh, I'm going to guess, twenty some odd years of experience, how do you do that? 
you you help them find job listings. You help them with resumes. You help them with job applications. You listen to their story. You, you if they need training or something like that, they need assistance. You try to make that happen. And listen to their story, like figure out where they might be a good fit. Yes, you want to know where they're going to be a good Because it's fit. not just, you can get anybody a job for five days, right? Well. Your job, I mean, most people. You can get them a job, but you want to get them kind of something that they'll. You want to get they'll, them like a career. Yeah. You want a career. Something exactly. that they'll be com- compatible with. Well, you want, the, the goal of Carney Works is to take somebody who's maybe has a job, just getting by, get them some skills, get some training, so that they can get into a position where they can move out. So how long was this going before you came into it, before your two-day hiatus from work? It was and, not going at all. So I'm, you, I'm you, the heard the rumb, you heard the rumblings about it, right? but it hadn't taken off hadn't yet. Hadn't even opened, no. So you, had, you, brought, you were brought in to kind of get it to going. To get it going. Okay. That's correct. Okay. So you did – how much of it is different from what you were doing for the Department of Labor then? Very little of it is different. Okay. I'm doing almost exactly the same thing as what the Department of Labor did. We're just doing it because, as a private agency. For one thing, we don't have the government restrictions. We don't have near the paperwork. Uh, I still have the connections with the Department of Labor that if someone needs training, I know who to call the Department of Labor to help them get that training. We have connections in the community of different agencies and different connections that might have scholarships or might have something we can help with training. Um, we also are setting up uh, a volunteer program where we can get volunteers in the community to be mentors to some of our clients. Sometimes a client needs some advice. Maybe they, have, maybe they have a job, but they're having some struggles on that job, not getting along with Fred. Fred said this. What do I do? We have mentors. Who have 30 years of experience who can tell you that's not what you want to do to Fred or that no, experience. Yeah. No, and this Just is how you should down. handle it. Yeah, yeah. 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 You don't do get mad else. and walk away. Right. You you need to find well, a way. Well, we can to, find it through HR or some kind of thing to address the address issues. Address the issues. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can. How does the community, you, you said that as your second point. How does the community help support it? Um, uh, we, we're completely grant funded. So the community, uh, different uh, community agencies have uh, given us grants, First National Bank, uh, the Cope Foundation, those types of things. And as, as long as Give Where You Live, we're part of that also. So that we, we, we don't charge anything for anybody. Um, we just are there to help people. So can you describe your ideal kind of situation? Do you have any success story in your head that you're like, that's the go-to we were able to take this person from this position, give them the training and skills, reintegrate them into society and or the career world, and then here's a success. Well, the, the quickest turnaround we had is we had a gentleman who was, he was hopeless. Yeah. He had been in prison. He had gotten out. He was living at the Crossroads Center. He, he had no family ties, and he wanted to do truck driving. So we help make that happen. The truck driving school is available. We help make that happen. And there's costs associated with that. There's, there's, you got to get CDLs. You got to do some background checks. They got to mm-hmm. do medical checks to make mm-hmm. sure that they're That's medically, right. uh, right. you know, they have up to, to pass speed. The, the DOT physicals and things. Yeah, right. and they have to be, you know, of a certain uh, caliber, health wise and otherwise, and, and pass some tests. And if you're able to facilitate that, 
you've just taken a homeless person and made them a contributing member of society right. that, that they're paying taxes and they're making right. what? Uh, good money. Good money. Good money. Good money. Yeah, livable yeah. money, a and living he, wage. And he, he finished, he, he did so well in class that a nationwide trucking company recruited him out mm. of that class. The, the downside was he didn't stay in the community. He, well, he was over the road. The last I heard from him, he was in Wyoming somewhere on a run. That's the nature of the business you, to a certain right, degree. Exactly. Yeah. But he was a perfect fit because he didn't have family ties. He didn't have any reason. He didn't really have roots because he had, had been in prison. He had, you know, some Nebraska connections, but yeah. not very many. Well, the fact that you heard from him again and think that he's in Wyoming, at least he's yeah. working. Yeah. I mean, you changed that man's life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you, your, your, your agency did. Um, yeah, exactly. By giving him an option. Now, how did that gentleman, was it through Crossroads that you got hooked up with him? Or did they? how did they come to know you? Because it's still a relatively new agency. It is. Uh, I'm not real sure. He had made some contacts with the chamber. Um, he had thought about going into business for himself, not in truck driving, but some other yeah. things. He was exploring some possibilities. And they guided him over to me. So if somebody uh, wanted to, if they had a, a candidate for mm-hmm. your uh, mm-hmm. for Carney Works in their head, uh, how would they go about sending that candidate to you? Just get a hold of me. Just get a hold of you. Yeah. Um, email. Email. Website. Phone, website. Yep. You can Carney, Google Carney, Carney Works. Carney and, Works got website. Yeah. And how many, how many people are over there? How many people are working? Just yeah, you. That's me. You're, You're doing it. it all by yourself. I'm doing it all by myself right now. Yeah. Okay. We have a volunteer coordinator. She do, she works with the volunteers and and helps match the volunteers with the, with the clients. So running a one man show, what more support do you need from the community, or what what could the community do to help you out? Well, our biggest thing is just letting people know that we're here, that we're here to help. You know, if you know somebody that's struggling finding employment, I'm here to help you. Help them try to make that connection. And help them help themselves out of the situation. And every one of them is different. I mean, every story is different. Just like my story is totally different. Everybody's story is different. Uh, People have made terrible decisions. They've gotten in trouble with the law. They've burn some bridges and some people um for whatever reason never learned the skill of doing an interview yeah uh, we can practice with that we can help with that and maybe they don't know how to do a resume we can help do that you know if you didn't uh sit at the table having dinner growing up or if you didn't um practice these kinds of things growing up mm-hmm. that uh, maybe at least i feel like i was blessed with um, that you are uncomfortable maybe um, having a conversation with somebody. Sure. So that translates in, into a job interview, and you wouldn't present maybe your best self no. because you're, it's a completely foreign environment, a foreign fishbowl for right. you, and, and, you're, and you don't know maybe how you're supposed to act, so you parrot things that you've seen on TV or other things and just be yourself, Exactly. Right? Well, and, and what's appropriate in a conversation isn't necessarily appropriate in a job interview. Correct. You know, a, a lot of people will tell way more than the interviewer wants to know. You know, they ask, how are you? Well, they go into their whole health, health, health history. Right. Or, or, or you talk about their family and they'll give you a whole family history. You know, they want to know. And knowing where those boundaries are, knowing exactly. what, what notes to strike and when to strike right, them right. Um, in the And how in to the conversation. sell yourself, sure. you know, and what you can do and not those issues that you have. And is, that, is that where you see the biggest struggle with the people that are coming to you as the interview process? Or is it, it what, is there any one aspect that you see the most struggle with, um, with today's? Well, so many of the ones that I have um, have had some criminal issues. 
And, you know, if you, if, if you are convicted of identity theft, you're not going to get a job on a computer. Yeah. In, running credit cards. Running credit cards. Yeah. Exactly. And so many times that's the skills that they have and the skills they have developed, and that's what they want to continue on. So then you're looking at how are we going to do something, change your direction, your focus a little bit to make something else happen. Um, eventually, you may be able to get back to that, but you're going to have to prove yourself first. Yeah. In, in And not just six months on a job. You're going to have to do some years on a job well, to prove that you are a reliable employee. I mean, our court system punished them with whatever right. uh, punishment they deserved for whatever crime they committed. And our goal, though, is to say, okay, well, you did that. You did your right. time. But from a business person's perspective, you're not going to have a person, you did, oh, okay, you did 14 days in jail. Well, come on back and here, here's all these credit cards I'm going to trust you with. You're, and right. this cash drawer, I'm not going to do that. No. You're and the gonna, liability it, issue. Oh, I mean, the employer's got yeah. the liability issue. If you had a known, someone who was a known criminal that had done that, and you hired them and yeah. put them in and they stole somebody's And they stole my head. credit card, I'd be upset. Oh, yeah. they're going to have all kinds of lawsuits. So anyway, um, we don't want... That to that to happen, so you have to steer them into a different direction. Right. Okay. And um, has Carney been receptive to Carney Works? I think so. Yeah. It, the the community itself developed it. Um, there was a, a community organization that got together, and it it involved a lot of community leaders from um, college, city, city management. Did uh, they just see a need for? They saw the need. Okay. And, and that's part of the reason that Kearney is what Kearney is, is a lot of communities the Department of Labor pulls out of and they go, oh, gosh, that's too bad. We really need them. What are we going to do? Well, we're not going to do anything. Yeah. Kearney looks at it and says, okay, they're not going to do it for us. How are we going to make this happen ourselves? Yeah. And it took them three or four years, maybe longer, to do that. But they figured out a way to set it up to run this, to do it themselves. And so then when a new employer comes in, we have the organization already here to help re- with their recruiting issues. So we're able to maybe not check that box of, you know, is the Department of Labor something there, but uh, we can at least say, well, no, we don't have that, but we have this, we have this, we have this absolutely private substitute that in many ways, um, I would imagine probably um, exceeds maybe the ability of some of the uh, government organizations sure. simply because there's so many limits on those kinds of things. Exactly. And plus we're local. We're all local. Okay. So Carney's, wait, I'm going to ask the question, Tony. Are you okay with that? I am. I knew it was coming. So right. I was just waiting for it. Stan, do you, do you love Carney? I do. And, and why do you love Carney? Because of what I said. If they see a problem, it isn't, oh, golly, that's sad. It's what can we do to fix it? How can we make it better? There's so much going on behind the scenes in this community, uh, people doing that. They're seeing a need. They're seeing a, something that needs to be addressed, and they're finding a way to make it happen. I like that. That's a great answer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a break happen real quick. Can you stick around? Sure. It stops snowing. Well, that's good. You had that effect on us. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with our second guest to Stan's left right after this.
I have no idea who sings that song uh, or who wrote it, but it is just fantabulous. <laughs> you know, I don't know who it is, but it's so good. It's it's really it's just memorable. Good. It's, How'd you choose that song? I don't know. I just uh, put in um, good top, instrumental. Did you put top podcast, podcast music? <laughs> top, <laughs> top podcast instrumental music. Um, and we're here for the second half. Thank you for joining us through the break. And I am here with uh, Martin, uh, Martin Hobelman. Uh, do you say the H? I do, yeah. Okay. Hobelman, so, yeah. Hobelman. Yep. Okay. And uh, so you start out with the H and then it goes into the O and then you do Obelman afterwards. And That's we're okay correct, with yeah. that. Okay, perfect. I'm <laughs> glad. I'm going to avoid saying the last name forever. Is that yeah. what? Is that yeah, the right way to do yeah, it? Just okay. avoid it. <sighs> no, but I want to know. I really want to know. Okay, so Martin, um, you wanted to watch Dumb and Dumber. Yep. Um, I remember where I was when I first saw Dumb and Dumber, and I was nine years old in a theater, and that to me was think think of yourself as a nine year old yep. seeing Dumb and Dumber for the first time. That would have that was wildly inappropriate. I should not have been <laughs> in that movie. I should not have been in the movie, but I was, and it was so hilariously nine years old, mm-hmm. and, it, and somehow a, a nine year old stayed and at with thirty nine. Oh yeah, it's still and, pretty funny. I mean, it's still it is really. I think good. I was around nine years old when I saw Napoleon Dynamite in theaters. Do you guys remember when that movie came out? Oh, yeah, I was, I was not a fan. It's it kind of sucked, but it was no, like, no 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 no. <laughs> it it has a certain either you love it. Or you do not understand it in the slightest. Very true. From what I've or seen, or you want to like it, so you think it's funny, but it's uh, really not. <laughs> it's interesting bit of filmmaking. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Martin, uh, you go by Martin. Mm-hmm. Did anybody yep. ever try to call you Marty? I want to. I, yeah, I get Marty a lot. Obi Wan Kenobi. I had a, a coach Whoa. back in the day. Obi Wan Kenobi. That's a lot to say yeah. <laughs> for that. Okay, so I won't do Marty, but uh, some people call you Martin. Is there any other nickname that you could do with Martin? Uh, Mart? Man, I get, mm. I get Martini. Martini. Yeah. Oh, yep. these are nicknames. Yep. You probably earned Martini, and I, I won't get into that. So, Martin, where did you grow up? I actually grew up here in Kearney. I moved here when I was about three from Ogallala, um, kind of like the Ogallala Big oh, wait, Springs oh, area. Wait, hold on a second. Do you know where he's from? No. I'm from Ogallala. Dude, give me some skin, man. <laughs> there we yeah. go. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So you yeah. were born in Ogallala. Were you born yeah. at the Ogallala Community Hospital? Uh, yes, I was. Amazing. Okay. So you were born in the Ogallala Community Hospital. You lived till three years old in, yep. in uh, you know, the uh, California of Nebraska, which Very is Ogallala, true. Nebraska. <laughs> and then you moved to uh, Kearney, Nebraska. Yep. And yep. what did you, you lived here from three on? From three on until I graduated high school. And then I moved down to Phoenix for uh, just under a year. Wait. Okay. Brothers, sisters? Oh, yeah. Big. Well, if you count all the step siblings I have, yes, I got. It. How many do I have? I have like seven or eight. I kind of lose track. Okay. Well, we got a math Ooh, major here, so yeah. we're good. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, so you have seven or eight uh, uh, siblings. Man, I, I better get this one right just in case. <laughs> I, I, okay. There's eight. There's, There's eight. Eight, yeah. eight siblings. Okay. So you have eight siblings, including yourself. So that's a large family. Yeah, very big. So that's a lot of laughter for Dumb and Dumber every <laughs> Christmas season. So there's nine people. Where are you in the birth order of those nine people, including the steps? Are you in the middle or are you at the bottom? I am like the third youngest, including third. the steps. How big okay. a gap are we talking? Top to bottom. Uh, top to bottom, about six years between me and the youngest and roughly about the same Okay. For the oldest. Well, that's not a bad spread. Yeah. A couple of the step-siblings are the same as my real siblings. Okay. So. okay. Yep. So uh, we have eight people. You're in the middle. You're a yep. middle child. True. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> I know. I have... I, 
I'm not a middle child, but I have a middle child, and I'm sorry. Uh, and we just kind of fall whatever in happened the to you guys. Exactly, right? whatever happened to you guys. <laughs> it's it's not fair. Uh, so you uh, grow up in Kearney. Uh, what did you like about Kearney growing up in Kearney? I was big in sports, so I loved all the sport opportunities that we had, including like baseball, football, wrestling, all that stuff. I was really big into as a kid. What elementary school did you go to? I went to a tiny country school called Center. It's no longer around, but I think. From kindergarten to fifth grade, we had about 17 kids. Is that the one on the hill by the park? Wasn't no, that this elementary center? school for a while? Like, where was Center S? It was like, okay, so it's way north of town. It's about 78th Street and, oh man, Pool? 78th and Pool, roughly. So out east? Oh. Yeah, like northeast of town a ways. Okay. Probably about 10, 15 So like Stumbrook, kind of? No, 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 no. Pool's like past, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm past expansion, past yeah. all of that. Yep. Almost to the Minden Exchange. Mm-hmm. So go north. by the, uh, the like Veterans Home? Farther east. Yep. Farther, yeah. east? farther east? Yeah, farther east. Yeah. It was like a mile west of that uh, the road that goes through the Minden Exchange. So you basically grew up in a country school. Yes. Yep. And how long were you at this country school? My entire elementary life. Did you have one teacher? We had one teacher kindergarten through second grade and another one third through fifth grade. And you're hanging out with the third through fifth grade. You're a third grader hanging out with fifth graders, learning yeah. stuff. How was that? Weird? No, it seemed pretty normal at the time. All the kids were relatively the same age. So it was just kind of like one big classroom. There was a... Half a, of it would have been your family, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So lots of family there. And then you went to center school. And then where did you... And then you came here to Kearney High or Kearney Catholic? Yep. Kearney High. I was a Sunrise. I was a Silver Hawk. And okay. then, um, yeah, Kearney High. Did you like Carney uh, when you were in high school? I did. I did, yeah. Again. Yet, yet you decided to go, is it because <laughs> of winners like this, that you decided to go to Phoenix? Uh, there was a lot of different I'm bet, things. I'm going to bet it was a girl. Oh, I'm going to bet it was a girl. <laughs> or, a girl or girls down there. I'm just, oh, I'm just shot in the dark. It was a school. So I didn't, oh, a school. Yep, okay. Yep. So I went down to a tech school for BMW. Um, I, I wanted to work on cars, but okay. after about a year, no, let's, decided that wasn't my You're path. How old are you? 17, 18? Yep. Yep. Roughly. And you're like, I love cars. Very true. You know that about yourself. You yeah, knew that you were in, passionate about cars. I was in a mechanics class my senior year, and I'm loving it. Okay, so you want to be a mechanic, and you want to work on the best of the best. You want to go to BMW. Yeah. You want to say, I want everything to not make sense. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and I want to fix everything <laughs> and, and, and have the only tools available to fix these things in this in this whole area. So yeah. I want to go and get trained in this. And mm-hmm. the, the best place to do that is in Phoenix. Uh, there's a couple different schools. There's a, a tech school called Universal Technical Institute. So they have um, trainings for Lamborghini, for Porsche, BMW, and then um, just kind of like a general technician's education. So they have those in Florida, Chicago, um, Phoenix, California. Why'd you choose Phoenix? I thought it was going to be, I don't know. One reason was the winters, but right. the other ones, the other options I just wasn't a fan of. I didn't want to live in Florida, Yeah, Chicago. I'm like, eh. it's, it's windy. Yeah. Phoenix so seemed cool. Phoenix seemed cool. So how long were you in Phoenix? I was in Phoenix for nine months, nine, ten months, roughly. Okay, and you do, got down there and you just decided you didn't want to do it, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, it, people it decide honestly things. was, yeah. Well, you're young. You can do that. I'm one of those people, like, I get an idea and I'm super excited and I just go for it, but yeah. then it's like, oh, maybe. And now I actually have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yep. okay. Um, so we're nine months in and we decide we don't want to do it, and what did you do at that point? I moved back to Kearney. Okay. And then I went to school. Um, at that time, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but... I wanted a, a career that was exciting and kind of different every single day. So I went to school for law enforcement. I was going to become a cop. 
And I did that for about a year. And then again, decided that wasn't my path. So then I, I finished my degree at um, UNK. So you had about as many uh, education as he did jobs. Yeah, yeah no, I was jumping around. <laughs> okay, so we're, we did BMWs and yep. then we did uh, law enforcement. Yeah. What, okay, oh, I don't know whether I should ask it. Tony, should I ask go it? Go ahead, okay. yeah, just ask. At what point in the law enforcement did you go, nope? <laughs> <laughs> there was just all this news about like, I don't know, bad things happen to yeah, cops. And, sure. you know, I was like, man, I no, they really put their lives. <laughs> they absolutely put their lives in danger yeah, uh, for our safety and, and for everything else. And that's it, it, it's certainly a consideration for them. And mm. it's one of the reasons that they deserve to be uh, respected. So you got into that and you just said, you know, maybe that's not for me. Maybe I don't yeah. want to do that every day. Yeah, exactly. And then you did UNK. Is that what you said? UNK, yeah. I kept getting told, people were like, oh, man, you'd be a pretty good salesman. I'm like, all right. And I kept hearing about industrial distribution and people were like, Oh man, it's such a sweet, sweet career. Like you just take people golfing, you go out to eat and it's just an awesome job. I'm like, all right, let's do that. And I honestly didn't even know really what it was until about my junior year. And then I finally figured out, oh man, I'm going to be selling uh, industrial products the rest of my life. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a non, do you consider yourself a non-traditional student? Cause you had two years in and then you started at UNK. So you're like hanging so. out with all the freshmen. And you're like the cool older dude. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, did you have to live on the dorm? No, no, I never lived on campus. Okay. Yeah, well, you lived uh, at your at your yeah. at your house. Yep. You yeah. both did that. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well I guess if you're from here, what would you? Parents are here. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Wasn't my parents. I love the dorms. I might be the only one that says I absolutely love. I had a, I met my wife. I had a great experience at the oh, dorms. I, loved I wouldn't. Them. What dorms are you guys in? I wasn't here. Oh, no. you okay? Yeah, I, I was. I was in Martin, or excuse me, Manter Hall. Manter. Okay. I was at. I was at Manter on third south and then i was on third east as an ra and oh, cool. i was a sigta RA. were you an awesome you RA? were a sigta i was not a sigta but i was it was a weird year i was an ra for all the sigtas okay so i had a complete floor of sigtas but i was not uh, a member of their fraternal organization how were they what do you think um <laughs> they, uh, wait, wait, wait there, there is one rule of the podcast: we don't, we are not allowed to ask John questions. Well, uh, okay. I can't. This is the he's most. A, he's he's, he's an Ogallala person. This is the most I've ever I share. Answer. I share with Ogallala people. This, this is what happened. So, but no, I. Uh, uh, they were some of them were <clears throat> magnificent gentlemen who grew up to be amazing men, and some of them I had to bust for uh, smoking weed in their dorm room. Oh wow! So and and drinking all the time, but that's yeah. what happened. And I had to be the bad guy. I had to be the cop. Mm. Didn't did not rub me the right way either. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I mean, I had to sit there and write reports about the bad things that they did, and it didn't strike me well. So what uh, what hall were you at? Oh, you weren't. You stayed I was at home. Out, yeah. Okay, so you were at home. You were non traditional. You came here for school, mm -hmm. and and uh, you were doing uh, industrial. Distribution. Distribution. Yeah. And then you got into your third year of that and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, I was I feel tricked. <laughs> Where's <laughs> that's the golf? Exactly. Yeah. I was um I did my internship in Lincoln with a company called Win Wholesale. And it was like the second day on the job. I'm like, this is not so <laughs> Oh bad. my God, a whole summer of this. Um what made it so bad? Doesn't well, sound bad. It's just sales. You yeah. can sell anything, right? Well you gotta you work. sell a car, you sell a widget, you sell, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's true. If you ask any salesperson what makes them a great great salesperson is their passion about the product that they sell. Well, they're lying. Their passion is about the selling. <laughs> yeah, the money. The, in no, it. The, well, the the money yeah. and then the it's the, the internal the reward they get. Oh, of, sure. it's the chase. Is of completing the the process of making the sale. You were in sales, right? Yes. And you were in sales, and you did the uh, at the what was it called? Retail. The retail, retail sales. Retail. Okay, so when somebody they, somebody comes to you with a need. 
and, or they might not even know that they have that need and you're able to satisfy that need and fix it for them right for a nominal fee yeah. very true <laughs> it is it is a tough gig if you're not passionate about the product if you're trying to sell somebody on something that you don't believe in that you're just like kind of bored with how are you at buying cars Martin, are you good at buying cars? Oh, man, I wheel and deal. Isn't it fun? <laughs> because, like, you can tell the ones who are in it mm-hmm. and who are really passionate about sales, and, and they become educated about what they're selling, which is what you had to do as industrial yep. sales. And then there's some dudes who are just there, right? Yeah, just yeah. kind of there. So the your time. second day of that, did you go up to the uh, supervisor and you go, excuse me, sir, I know I spent <laughs> two years of my life majoring in this, but... Uh, uh, this is actually not for me. I did not because this internship was a requirement to graduate. And being my third school, I felt, you know, it's better to just kind of power through this and get the degree and and, and move on from there. So you got your degree. Yep. Okay. And uh, what did you do next? I moved to Omaha. So at that time, I knew I wanted to, I was extremely curious about business. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so. Why? Why? I mean, why? it's just so exciting, man. Every You get to choose your own life, your own path. And I love that. Yeah, I yeah. can, I can see that. Um, yeah. so you get, it's the choice, the kind of self-reliance of, you know, I don't have to answer to anybody, but at the same time I'm responsible for everything. Yeah. It can be scary too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. what did entrepreneur mean to you? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a number out for your age at the time. Please forgive me. So 25-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, what did entrepreneur mean for a 25-year-old? Was it was it uh, what I have in my head? Uh, why do I do this? Just let him answer. Let's just let's <laughs> see where he goes. Okay, where do we're you want to stop go? you from doing that? Okay, one. go ahead. What does it mean to me? What did it mean to me at the time? Yeah, what did entrepreneur mean to you? I think just being able to support myself and live life on my terms. Okay. Yeah. So and you had no idea. There was no... You knew you wanted to just own it, but you didn't know what owning it was at that point. I didn't know what service I was going to provide, but I wanted to work in real estate. I'm I'm still very fascinated about fascinated about real estate, and I I see myself working or maybe investing in properties later on in life. But um, that's why I moved to Omaha because it had such a strong real estate uh, market at the time. Sure. And so I I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term wholesaling properties, wholesaling houses. I mean, I, I got a picture in my head of what it probably is, but why don't you explain yeah, it? Yeah, it's um, so basically you're the middleman between a home seller and a real estate investor. You're the person that goes out and finds properties at a discounted price, put them under contract, and then you flip that contract to the real estate investor. So that was my first venture, my first business, and I was horrible at it. Was okay. it just you? <laughs> it was just me, yeah. How did so you, you come up with this idea? I just kind of stumbled across <clears throat> it one day on the internet. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, wow, this sounds really familiar. They're like, oh, you know, you can make this amount of money just by getting the house under contract. It sounded super easy, right? They're really good at, at selling yeah. you on the idea. But um, I sucked at it because I didn't know how to like market the service right. or, or find the properties. And that's kind of was the start and how I, I've kind of, you didn't want to just knock, my way. just walk up cold call, knock on some guy's door and go, you guys ready to sell yet? No, I mean, no, cause that's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of uh guerrilla marketing and placing bandit signs, yard signs all over Omaha. And I was, I was, Oh wait, you're the dude who's like, want to sell your house? Yeah. Exactly. That was me in Omaha. And I, there's so many people, it was a new city. And I didn't want to go out and do that during the day. So I would go out like at midnight yeah. in the middle of the night. Plus, but Not then, creepy at all. At no. all. I know. Just, okay. 
I think the statute of limitations <laughs> has has gone. So I think you're yeah. okay with the trespassing and the littering. But um, <laughs> so you placed these signs at midnight. Yeah. Did you get people calling you? Very little. Okay. Very little. So it was a ton of work. Um, I was placing like flyers and laundromats and sending out mailers. So very traditional style marketing, right. and I got almost no results. What did you see your best results from? Or did you, is it at that point you invested in uh, equipment to market things better? Is that, that, it was about that point when it was about four or five months in and no results. I'm like, okay, how do I make this better? Like, how do I actually get results? And then I kind of stumbled upon digital advertising and targeted ads and stuff like that. What does that mean to you? Um, it's being able to find a customer with a need and be able to, to send a message directly to that person, get it right in front of their eyes. And their smartphone, right? I mean, and that's, their that's yeah. what it means. Yep. That's what people's eyes are glued to pretty much these days. The Very same true. way 30, 40 years ago it would have been television, but now mm-hmm. it's, there's, you know, uh, what, are we, how, how, what are the dimensions? Three by four? Five. Yeah. Three by five. Isn't anyway, it? so that's, that's what you have to, that's the screen you have to get on in order to mm-hmm. get people to recognize that you exist. Very, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you were able to do that or you got turned on to that from this wholesaling thing that you were... Okay, can oh, I don't want to call it a scam either, but the the thing that you were working <laughs> on uh, that uh, wholesaled to people, uh, did, did, were you able to get that into people? Oh yeah, it's still it's still actually really popular because there's people who maybe have you know health issues where they got to move out of their home or the military sending them across. Okay, so they got to sell their home. Not fast. a scam. I retract my scams. Yeah, he, he was there thinking a whole actual, different. He was thinking a whole yeah. different type of what I was. I think I was. Oh okay. More scammy. More. Scammy. It wasn't no. <laughs> very straightforward. But some people are in those situations where You're they can't wait right for a home to sell, yeah. so they're willing to sell at a discounted price. Okay, and you found them and then got them into people who would buy them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you discovered digital marketing, and and yep. did you get into that and be like, I'm pretty good at this? I, I wasn't good at it at the beginning, but I knew that was kind of the key to it, and so I just started investing in a bunch of courses, and I found some investors to hire me and let me run their ad campaigns. So at that time, then I was actually working directly for investors and finding them properties. Okay, so you're still in this in this. Uh, Finder Real property, role. yeah. Yeah, the finder yeah. role. Finder mm-hmm. role and these things. And how long were you in that finder role in Omaha? About a year and a half. Okay. Yep. And then uh, what What changed? I just kept asking myself, how do I make this even better? And that's kind of when I stumbled upon video marketing. And about that time is when I moved back to Kearney for similar reasons as Stan, just to be close to family and everything. And when I moved back, I looked for other companies, other businesses offering video services and I just saw an opportunity for it, and that's kind of how Maverick started. So you did uh, video services? Yep, here yep, here in town. And uh, is it Maverick Media Promotions? Is that the right name? Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about shortening, shortening it, though, because that seems like, I think I might just do Maverick. I like Maverick. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun. I was gonna say you Top, were, yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be flying drones. Like, oh. how can we, you know? And I was watching Top Gun, and I'm like, Maverick. <laughs> so you, you, you could have been Iceman yeah. just as easily. You could have been Iceman pro- Ice, Promotions. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're Maverick uh, yeah. and the Maverick Media Promotions, and, yeah. and how did that get started? Uh, I just started with my phone, actually. I Like I said, I saw an opportunity for it. I'm like, okay, the only way you're going to get good at this is through experience. So I didn't have much money at the time, and um, I just started going around to businesses and telling them what I wanted to do, and will you let me do some videos for you for free? And told them that's all I had. And some of them were like, yeah, absolutely. I got turned down so, well, sure. so much. You yeah. know? 
um, but slowly built up a portfolio and started making a little bit of money and then just kind of up, up my equipment from there. So at what point do you go, this might work? Um, I was probably, oh man, I'm still not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe September of last year, things September started of last to pick year. up. Yeah. And you just, you're just like, oh, there's a need here. Yeah. There's a need for this service. I tapped into something. It was pretty new at the time. Um, as far as video marketing. And so you kind of have to educate people on how to use it yeah. and let them know how they can. And without getting into the special sauce, cause that's yeah. not what I'm here to do either. Mm-hmm. But I, I am curious, like, um, what makes video marketing special and what makes Maverick special for video marketing? Well, online platforms, like, like you said, everybody is glued to their phone, right? So everybody's on social media every single day. Video is shown more to social media users than any type of content. So uh, a video will reach more people. It also helps with ad recall because you're, you're engaging more senses than just, you know, a, a newspaper where you're reading. You're, you're engaging um, visuals, audio, and you can even have, te- have text on the screen too. So uh, it makes the ad more memorable. And um, the equipment that you use, you mentioned drones. Is that, mm-hmm. is, was that kind of the thing that made you like, well, the, where you got the Top Gun stuff. Is that yeah. is that how that came about? So what do you do with a drone that, that's cool? You just show me a different perspective, right? Yeah, basically it's a good establishing shot. Like if you're trying to show a company where it's at in town or something, you might do an aerial shot. Um, but I don't do as me- as much drone footage as I did in the beginning. Now it's um, a lot more handheld stuff. But you're going to stick with Maverick. Yeah, I think so. I like it. It's good. Do you have any success stories like where you had that first one where you were like, this is the one? Like do you show like the potential customers like if you want to see the one this is the one to go look at to see what i can do for you is there oh man is there so usually what i did was after i finished the video that was usually my best work because Mm. you know with each video you get a little bit more experience a little bit wiser so i would just show my latest video i guess there wasn't a specific one and now we're on to like i think i'm at close to 130 or so in the last year and so there isn't a specific one that that stands out, but that's which one? Did what you, I which did. one did you tell people to go watch, or would you go if you want to know what we do, what I do? Go look here, like get a few of them. Um, well, you can go on the on our website, but Bruce Furniture, we we do a lot of testimonials for them. They have a big sale going on. Um, Longo Orthodontics, um, you can watch some of their stuff too. Um, oh man, I don't even. Yeah, okay, am I wrong in thinking because I. I did review your website and I think there's some samples there for your portfolio. And mm-hmm. it, it was there something that was used on a TV ad? Am I, am I, I think Bruce conflating? Furniture is using their, okay. one of theirs for a TV ad right now. And the quality is obviously very good. Oh, and they, uh, I think, and without getting too much into it, I, and I know this is probably secret sauce, but it's, there's an emotive aspect to it. There's mm-hmm. an emotion that maybe isn't just your typical we have a sale on couch, we sale couch. True. It's this couch helped me. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's an emotional aspect to it. I think that's appealing to maybe your generation, whereas other people might think price is the most important thing or something like that. Oh, it's very true. Yeah, I any business I work with, I say don't self-promote, don't try to build yourself up. Right. Marketing today is about building the customer up. Um, and it's like you said, there's always, there should be an underlying message for Longo orthodontics. It's like, love your smile. So we, we do customer testimonials, but we talk about things that they love, kind of tell their story. And we don't even really talk about Longo that much. Yeah. Um, and, and well, cause you can see yourself in their stories. 
Yeah, I'm very And true. then you can, can get things fixed. So where do you see Maverick in five years? What do you want to do? Or wait, are you going to stick with it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. My dream now for Maverick is to become a full marketing agency. Sure. So um, this year we're, we're, I'm going to be adding on a new service to it. Um, and so video is just part of the marketing mix. It's similar to a billboard or any sort of brand awareness advertisement, but marketing is becoming so much more complicated. And right. the competition for businesses, it's not just local anymore. Um, with the internet, there's businesses from the East Coast, West Coast, all over the world that can reach us here in Kearney. And so any retailer, any store, that's who they're competing with is people online. So we're going to Do, do you do the that. distribution of your product? I mean, the, the, the video, you produce it and and sell it to the business, but do you get it online and get it out there? Or is that the businesses that, that do that? The first year, it was the business's job. We were just producing it. But now this year, we're starting to, to help manage the ad campaigns for businesses. Okay. Yeah. So you, you you make the connections in with, with Google or whatever so that mm-hmm. your their ad shows up with certain keywords. Or, yeah, exactly. Okay. Or on Facebook. I mean, you run some ads that way with, uh, with um, I guess, uh, under the Facebook yeah, Guidebook not thing. a lot of people know if, if someone watches one of your videos, you can send them retargeting ads and send them a follow-up message. So, you know, when you go to a website and then you go mm-hmm. on Facebook, you start mm-hmm. seeing messages. Not a whole lot of people know how to do that. So we just, I just created a, a, fa- a Facebook advertising course that's going to be, I'm just going to give it away for free that teaches businesses how to do that here in, in the How community. to retarget people. Yeah, if somebody goes to your Facebook page, okay. your website, how do you follow up with and them? Now, why when I say Hot Pockets, does, tar- uh, does Twitter put Ooh. Hot Pocket ads in my, in my news Now, feed? that is a secret sauce. I can't tell you that. <laughs> but it, 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 it does actually happen. It's super weird. They just happen to know that uh, I said Hot Pockets at one point. But Okay, so you started this uh, company in, in Maverick in Kearney. Um, what made you choose Kearney to do it? Just because it works? Yeah, I didn't really, you know, it wasn't really a plan of mine to start Maverick. Um, I just wanted to be closer to family. Um, but it's it's kind of like Stan says, it's just a great place. The people, I think, is what makes uh, businesses thrive. Have you, have you felt like you've been embraced as a, as a startup kind of company here and an entrepreneur um, starting your own thing, trying to make make a business, make a living? Big time, big time. I think any any person with good intentions and if they're a decent person, you're going to get support from the community and from other businesses. Didn't you get uh, just get an award showing that you were being supported by the community? I did. Yes, I was very lucky, very honored. Okay. Are we going to say He's what not, it is? I was waiting for him to. I was just Tony, you can him. do it. No, if no you I'm want. not going to do it. I'm going to let him self-promote. I, um, I won new business of the year. Oh, okay. The chamber. the chamber. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank Great award. Thanks. Um, so as a new business um, and you want to expand in the next five years and Carney's been helpful... Have you stumbled upon any roadblocks or anything like that as a new business to your development? Or is Carney just like fertile ground for your ideas? I think I think there are some obstacles. Again, the education, educating the market is mm-hmm. kind of the first obstacle. It's like people don't understand, some people don't understand how video and, and creating a marketing funnel can actually help their business. So that's one obstacle. But for the most case, I think it is a fertile ground. Um, anyone who starts a, a business here in Carney, they, they can... Expect to be welcome with with open arms, and you're going to get an opportunity to prove yourself. But you got to you got to capture that opportunity. 
if you need some job. yeah if you need some employees <laughs> uh, yes. if you need some employees i know some i know yeah, some guys somebody call stan, stan over here and he can put them together yeah. and 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 give you some employees later yeah. on because there are people with dreams and cell phones mm-hmm. and ideas that are good yeah. um that uh, might be able to help uh things and i'm sure you've gone beyond uh, so, uh cell phones here but um okay so let's talk about this very important question um martin do you love carney Absolutely. What do you love about it? Uh, the people, honestly. Um, and that the, there's just so many great things going on in this community. We have such a, a nice cultural mix. If you love arts, if you love sports, um, if you love business, you pretty much have it all here. It's kind of like a big city in a small mm. package. I think, yeah, I think that's a good yeah. representation. Do you agree with Stan that, like, if somebody sees a need that needs to get done, um, nobody just shuts the door on you? Mm-hmm. Right. They'll listen to you. It might be a bad idea and they'll probably tell you yeah. that's a bad idea. Yeah. But and here's all oh, we tried to do that three years ago. And here's why it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're welcome to try again. But this is why it didn't work. But they might say, how do we make that work for everybody? Yeah. What do we need to do? How do we get together? How do we make it happen? And the yeah. connections, they can say, well, you know, uh, Stan had this issue come up. And why don't you go talk to Stan and Stan knows how to fix it? Yeah. Is that helpful? Big time. Big okay. time. Have you run into a problem like that that uh, somebody in the city or, or has helped you with? And you don't have to be specific, but. Oh, sure. Yeah. And there was some times where I brought up the idea of video marketing. People said the exact same thing where we tried that three years ago. It didn't work. So we're not interested. Maybe the market's ready now. That's good. I think so. Things yeah. have changed in yeah. three yeah. years. Well, yeah. well, technology things have changed. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. Tony, anything else before no. we get to our game? No, let's go to the game. Okay. I always enjoy the we game. We got the game. All right. Here we go. This is Would You Rather. Would You Rather. Okay. This is a would you rather. Are you okay. comfortable with this? Sure. Okay. This one's really risque. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not at all. Uh, they cards, do, against, cards against humanity. No, we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> they do make those on the internet, uh, but but not for this. So, okay. All right. Stan, we'll start with you. Well, let me just say it, and then we'll ask. You can ask. Here's the rules. I will say the question. Don't tell me your answer. I don't want to know. You will automatically lose if you tell me your answer right then. Okay. You can ask questions about one way or the other, just so we can feel it out a little bit. And then when I say the floor is closed for questions, then you can tell me the answer. Okay. 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 All right. So here's the question. Would you rather see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself? The floor is open for questions. 10 minutes into the future. Is this an unlimited use of the future? Yes. Views. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You oh, can do this it. is so unlimited. You could yeah. do that. You can any person. You can, but or... you will never know about yourself if if you choose that route. Hmm. Questions. Anything? Going once. Stan, you got a question, Stan. Well, don't answer or you'll no, lose. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, are you way talking? You have to use your ten minutes right now, or can you choose when you want to use your ten? minutes? You can always choose when you want to use your ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. That just e- except that you one. can't switch, and you can you can either see everybody else or you can see uh, yourself ten minutes into the future. So technically, if you were to uh, you know spill coffee on your pants, you would know. Um, but if you did that with everybody else, you would know when someone else spilled coffee on their pants, but you wouldn't know yourself. Ooh. It's not limited to spilling coffee on your pants, just so you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Going twice? Tony, you're so confident. You know the answer to this already. 
The floor is closed for questions. Tony Purvis, I want to know your answer. Honestly, I wasn't even paying attention. I was oh. sitting there watching, trying to figure out what questions they were going to ask and where we were going with it. Okay, so, we'll go back around. Stan, no. what do you, what do you, how do you answer that question? That's tough. Um, <clears throat> I'd probably probably go with my your own ten minutes. My own ten minutes, just mm-hmm. to see what you know what what might happen. In what the, might happen? Yeah. And then you could change it, right? That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, can you, you divert you the future? future? Oh, the floor yeah. is closed for questions. Oh, my <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We can't we can't go you back lose. to that. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. So, Sustain, you want to know, and you could change it. Yeah. So, if you saw yeah. something about it, it was, oh, so, well, I don't want to take that road. No. Because okay. I had a wreck. I, I, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to take that DVD up to the mountains because then I'm going to get stuck <laughs> and I'm going to have to watch that all the time. Martin, what did you pick? I would actually go the opposite. I would want to see the future of other people. And why Why is that? How impressive of a person would someone be if they could be like, hey, you're about to do this, and then a few minutes later, you're like, holy, how did they? <laughs> Wasn't there a movie about that, that with the guy who can read movie? the girl's mind? Oh, oh what oh, women yeah. want. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, it. Well, that's what he's looking for. Groundhog, <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day. When you go to oh, yeah. Groundhog Day. Yeah. That's, is that added to the list on Christmas? That should be added. Oh, it's a really be. great movie. That is a good one. Uh, your yeah. entire family needs to do that. Tony Purse, did you think of an answer? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm going to want my own because I'm pretty selfish mentally and the, I just <laughs> really resolve, like, the world kind of revolves around here, so I'm just going to go with myself. Just I, keep it consistent. Again, I'm going to, we were truthful today. I <laughs> saw Tim Minson in the future when I asked that question and I knew you were going to respond. <laughs> that's exactly what I knew. I knew that's how it would work. Hey! Hey guys, thank you so much for coming here today. Uh, I enjoyed uh, learning all about you and uh, if people wanted to learn more about Carney Works, they, they Find Stan. Right. right. Look him up. Yep. Uh, Carnyworks.org. Dot org. Okay. And uh, Martin, if people want to learn more about Maverick, uh, not legally associated with Top Gun, but just <laughs> just for fun, uh, where should they go? A MaverickMediaPromotions.com. Okay. And, or Blockbuster. And, and our Top Gun fan page. <laughs> Top Gun fan <laughs> And if you want to learn about more about Tony Purvis, just ask him. Because uh, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Anything you want to know. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. This is Kearney Pie, a He He Do It production. I do want to say uh, what Tony didn't allow me to say. I get to say now in the credits. Uh, when when he was talking about our entrepreneur, my, my head went to Parks and Rec. The uh, the Azari. Oh, I cut you off, but now I, I'll let you. I, I should have let you go. Then you I didn't know you were go. going. I thought you were going to go on a rant, and I wanted to keep him rolling. He was on fire. Do I go on a rant? Today you did. This is the first time you've ever answered a question about yourself. Oh, in, in that's true. In your entire life. <laughs> my entire <laughs> life. My wife has no idea who yeah. I am. I bet your interviews. You're sitting there asking the other guy the question. Well, it's more fun that way for everybody involved. Thank you very much. He he do a production. Uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>